0: Hare Krishna, Uh, welcome to our Sunday Bhagavatam class. Um, Let's see, where did the verse go? There it is. Um, Today we're going to be doing Srimad Bhagavatam 1936, First Canto, Chapter 9, Text 36. It is Sunday, January 31st, 2021. OM NAMO BHAGAVATE VASUDEVAYA OM NAMO BHAGAVATE VASUDEVAYA So this is Bhishma Vyavahīta so, pratana mukhaṁ nirīkṣa sajana vadhār bhivukasya dosya budhya kumati Nahara atma vidya yajas charanarati paramasya tasya meishtu So, very interesting. So again, uh, just explaining very briefly the structure of this Sanskrit sentence. Uh, The subject of the sentence is charanarati, which means attachment to or love for charana, the feet, paramasya, of the supreme, tasya, of that supreme, and to let there be, let me have. In Sanskrit, uh, rather rather than using a verb to have, like I have or you have, they say let there be of me which means let me have. So let me have rati, attachment, love for the lotus feet of him, the Supreme. And then, uh, so then who is Krishna? The rest of the verses are explaining who is that Supreme whose feet I want to have love for, attachment for so the first thing, the first line, "Gyabahita Prithana, niriksha," looking upon the uh, the face, mukham or the front or the face, looking upon the face of the opposing army. Prtanah means army, and vyavahita means the separate, separated or opposing army. So looking out, actually, niriksha. Iksha means looking. So this Nidiksha, looking out upon the face of the opposing army. Uh, this is describing Arjun, who was Vimuka. Uh, mukha means face. So Vimuka means sort of looking away from, in the sense of not wanting to do something, Vimuka, from the killing of his own people. Svajana uh, so, from the killing of his own people, he was vimuka. So, uh, in Sanskrit, vimuka, of course, the word muka, face, then vimuka uh, means uh, having the face averted, turning away from. In that sense, turning away, like like literally turning your face away from something, it means you want you know just turning away from it. So, Arjun, uh was turning away from, or turning his face away from, the killing vatan of his own people, and the reason he felt that way is dosha budya by a sort of defective intelligence. Budya means with an understanding, with intelligence. Budya, which dosha, which was faulty, which was false, and so of that Arjuna, of that Arjuna who. Uh, upon looking upon the face of the enemy army was looking away in other words trying not to uh, like uh, turning away from the killing of his own people due to his flawed intelligence of that Arjun Krishna yes the one who kumatim aharat took away the wrong understanding mati of course means the mind or thought or Conclusion, understanding from the verb man to think, manas. And ku means bad, like ku yogi means a bad yogi or a false yogi. And so here we have ku mati, false consciousness, false understanding, a false conclusion. And so Krishna, Aharat, he took that away from Arjun. Kumati Maharat Atma Vidya, and he took it away. By knowledge of the self, knowledge of the Supreme Self, Krishna, knowledge of the individual soul. So this verse is saying simply that let my charanarati, let my love for the feet of the Supreme, of He who took away the, uh, with self knowledge, knowledge of the self, who took away the wrong consciousness. Of Arjun, who, with his faulty understanding, turned away from the killing of his own people, and when he when Arjun looked upon the face of the enemy army, the opposing army. So that's very literal translation. So also, I mean, the the application to us is obvious. That just as Arjuna had to fight at Kurukshetra, so uh, in this age of Kali, we learn from Lord Chaitanya that we no longer physically fight most of the time. Krishna appeared as a Kshatriya, as a prince. He fought many battles. He engaged the Pandavas in fighting other battles. But Lord Chaitanya came as a sannyasi who was simply preaching and helping people and did not actually kill anyone. So still, as we all know, it is a real struggle to spread Krishna consciousness in this age. And therefore, uh, we should not turn away from that struggle because uh, we're afraid that someone may not like it or maybe our relatives, you know, might prefer that we're doing other things or we just don't want to it's funny because in the early days of the movement we were very exotic and very aggressive sort of a bad combination right exotic and aggressive and so um and then devotees of course we were all very young so you see thousands of devotees as they got older and the movement sort of slowed down for various reasons it's it's sort of like a balancing thing. Like if you've gone without food for some time, and you finally get food, you really, you really appreciate that food, or you become attached to that food. So in the same way, um, for years in the early days of the movement, devotees basically lived a life where uh, many people in the public, not most people, thought we were a little crazy, or maybe more than a little, especially after Jonestown. Jonestown really changed everything. All those uh, uh, people were killed in that cult. So having a certain minimum level of respect in society is is really a basic human need. I mean, there's some people that kind of like love to be freaky and want to be very exotic, but even those people want to be accepted by their fellow exotics. So, but it's a basic human need. So after having spent so many years of our life, our youth, being sort of you know ridiculed and 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 uh, attacked sometimes and rejected for so long in public, when devotees get older, a lot of times they they really almost they need to. Uh, balance their lives by being respectable in society they don't want to be freaks they don't want to be weird they want to be normal and so going out and preaching is not normal and most people don't go out the, don't go out in public and preach and so there's this reluctance I've, heard, I've had many devotees say to me well um, when I tell them we need people to join the movement they say oh we don't really you know want people to join we just want to make friends and Yeah, making friends is very nice, but if people don't join, we won't be successful. We won't carry out Prabhupada's mission if people don't actually. And even as I've said so many times, social science shows that a movement really grows by growing its core through Nucleo. So, um, in a sense, we've got because when you go out to preach, you're sort of giving up that comfortable position where you're just a normal, respectable member of society. And some people, when you go out to preach, it's like, "Don't preach to me." I mean, not that we should we should be clever and diplomatic and intelligent and try to give people knowledge in a way that's easy for them to digest. But still, when you really become a missionary, you're not a normal person. Normal people aren't missionaries. And so, um, in a sense, in a sense, that's one of our struggles. Especially, you know, if we become kind of comfortable just being normal, respectable members of society to really become missionaries again. Especially the Vana Another point I wanted to make is I really believe that one of the great strengths of this movement, which is not being fully mobilized, is the Vana Prasta ashram. In ISKCON with Prabhupada, we had a very well-defined Brahmachari ashram. Everyone knows what a Brahmachari is or Brahmacharini Everyone knows what that is. Everyone knows what a grihasta is. And everyone knows what a sannyasi is. So these things we know very well. The fuzzy gray area of ISKCON is the line between grihasta and vana So I thought I would try to throw some light on that. Basically, if your children are grown, if you raise your children and they're grown up and they're adults and they have their own lives, you are not a grihasta. You are not a Grihasta. You are a Vana Presta. And the reason this is important is because Vana Presta, which literally means Vana, Vana means to the forest, and Prasta, departing. Departing. So uh, they even use, you know, in, in Indian airports, in Sanskritic Bengali, uh, uh, Sanskritic yeah, Hindi or Bengali, go to the airport, and there's two lines, like arrivals, departures. So that's why they say departures, even at the airport, you know, Prasthan. So, so that prasta means departing, departing for the forest. So, of course, the forest in this age uh is the preaching field, because that's where we experience Vrindavan most intensely in on the field of preaching. Prabhupada said he wanted to die in the battlefield. He, of course, left this world Vrindavan because his health didn't permit him, but he was trying to get back out to preach. So um I believe that. ISKCON could make tremendous advancement if we more clearly defined vana, prasta, asham. Again, if your children are grown, you're not a grihasta. You should not call yourself a grihasta. Other people should not call you that. It's like I'm Sanyas, I'm a sannyasi, so I can't call myself something else. I can't call, I was a brahmachari once, I was a grihasta once, but that's not what I am now. I'm a sannyasi. Well, I'm not a sannyasi, but that's the order I'm in. So, um, similarly, if your children are grown, you are not a grihasta, according to Vedic culture. You are a vana prastha, and therefore, you should be thinking very hard about how you can best spread Prabhupada's movement. Because that's the real essence of vana is you know, focusing again intensely on spiritual life, spiritual advancement. As we know, the fastest way to advance is by uh, doing valuable service for Prabhupada. And that means preaching. So, do the next verse. Still Bhishma speaking. Svanigamam <speaking> apahaya matpratijyam ratam adhikartum avapluto Dritta drita Abyayad, Chaladgur, <laughs> harir Yiva, Hantum, Ibam, Gatotariya. Really nice. Uh, so this verse says that uh it's a very interesting verse. So it begins digamam. Uh Nigama literally means going into something, like like going deep, going into something, and it comes to mean uh the Vedas. Like we then the uh the third verse of the Bhagavatam, Nigama Kalpataror phalam and so on. So in Sanskrit the can mean, the place for passage, especially the Vedas where a word occurs or the actual word quoted from such a passage, the Veda or the Vedic text, any work auxiliary to and explanatory of the Vedas, a sacred precept, the words of a god or holy man. So really, so swan nigamam here, because as we know, whatever Krishna says is Shastra. I mean, whatever he teaches. So uh, Krishna's Leela could say, I'm hungry, that's, I mean, not philosophical Shastra, but whatever Krishna declares, whatever Krishna states, is is Shastra, or his own word, giving his own word. So, swadnigamam here, Bhishma is talking about when Krishna gave his word, his sacred word, that he would not fight at Kurukshetra. So, that was his promise. The Prabhupada translates Swadigamam, his own truthfulness. And in the, that's in the word for word, in the verse translation, uh, his own promise. So promise, his words, and so on. So upahaya, casting away, literally, upa means away, and haya means sort of throwing or casting. So upahaya swanigong, casting away. Probably said for nullifying or uh, sacrificing. So casting away his own promise. And mat pratikyam. And my promise, my promise, adi adikartum, to make it uh, truth. Actually, the word prophet says in the word for word, more for doing it. I'll explain what that's all about. Uh, so kartum means to make, to make something. Adi means above. So it's like to make it, to place it above. So he, Bhisma is saying that Krishna, casting aside his own, his own vow or his own statement that he wouldn't fight a Kurukshetra and to make my promise, which was that, you know, my promise was that Krishna, you'll have to fight with me to make my promise a higher truth. Because what Krishna said is true. I won't fight. But then, out of love for his devotee, he made his devotee's He wants to make his devotee's promise, literally, to make it a higher truth. Rita Madhikartum. So, Ava Pluto, he leapt, he leaped down, he jumped down. Ava Pluto, he jumped down. He was Ratha stha. He was standing on his chariot, but he jumped down. Dritta Ratha Charana. And he held, he picked up and held. A Charana can mean feet, but it also means wheel. Because charna literally means going. It's what makes something go. So what makes you go are your feet. What makes a chariot go are its wheels. And so therefore, rata-charana means chariot wheel. So he he held up a chariot wheel as like a chakra. you can, There are famous paintings of Krishna where he's holding up a chariot wheel as if it's his own chakra. And uh, so he, he jumped down from his chariot and abhyayat, uh, he attacked. Abhyaya literally means he went toward. So there are various words in Sanskrit. It means sort of to go at someone, to go at someone, uh, which means to attack. So Abhyaya Chalagur, shaking the earth. Krishna was this wonderful pastime. He was angry, literally. So he jumps off his chariot. He, and, and because it's the battle of Kurukshetra, there's like thousands of you know bro- chariot wheels all over the field because there are literally thousands and thousands of chariots being attacked and destroyed and there's you know there's human body parts there's chariot parts and swords that were dropped and broken s- spears and arrows i mean it's a battlefield just covered with all the the stuff from the battle so um, so there's like chariot wheels all over the place in the battlefield so krishna jumps down from his chariot grabs a chariot wheel, which is, you know, and goes after, literally goes after Bishma, uh, And as he goes after him, he's shaking the earth by his steps. So, um, chalit means moving, like making the earth tremble. And haridiva hari, the word hari in Sanskrit, can also mean a lion, like in nara hari. Right, the man lion, not a Hari. And so Hari Eva, like a lion. He, he, in other words, if you ever, I've actually been attacked by a lion. I had that pleasure. I was, I went with Guru Prasad Swami. I think he, I don't know if was a Sannyasi then, but uh, that was many, many years ago. We we went to Chanchapa and there was there are very few parks. We went to the the Caracas Zoo, and so we went to the lion cage. And for some reason, maybe it was the color, because we were, we were dressed in saffron. We went to the lion cage, and this male lion literally just went crazy. He saw us and just went into a rage. And it was really us. I guess uh, maybe he was like, he didn't like doties or something. But anyway, so this lion was was like roaring and like, and like throwing itself against fortunately there was a fence but it was only a chain link fence it wasn't like it didn't look like a super serious fence but this lion was just like hurling its body against the fence trying to get at us and then it it went back to the to the you know way back in the cage where it has a little house or something and mrs lion you could see came up to him and saying calm down dear you know we're in a zoo but he didn't want to hear about it. So, so then he, he, he went into his, like, his crouch, and, and then, you know, when, when they're going to attack, went into his tack position, and then, like, ran straight at us and just threw himself against the fence, just trying to get us. So I actually had the experience of being attacked and I was like this far from the fence. I remember when the lion came and threw itself in the fence. There was a lady next to us with a child. She had a, like a bag. She'd been shopping, and and she just she literally dropped her bag on the ground because it was so shocking. And I was thinking, well, not everything works in Venezuela, but I hope that the fence works. So, so, so the lions that you know they they have a certain way where they attack, and so and so. Bhishma is saying that Krishna was like that. Hadir Eva, he went after. Me. Krishna came after me, Abhyayat, like a lion shaking the earth, and uh, to kill me. It's, oh, he says, like a lion, hantum ibam, huntum. Tum in Sanskrit, like we had Adikar Tum is the infinitive form. To kill. So to, like a lion to kill Ibam, an elephant. So, when a lion's going after an elephant, and as he was running, gata utariya, utariya, utara means above, ut, if you want a little Sanskrit here, ut means up in Sanskrit, and Uttara means like higher up, higher up, very up. And so utara, so utariya means the upper cloth because, you know, India's trouble because the people wearing these upper claws, uh, you know, rapture. And so, his Krishna's upper cloth, he gata, uh, he, he lost his upper claw because running like a lion to kill an elephant. So even his upper claw is you know fell off and he's just so you see Krishna in the paintings, bare chested and just going after Bhisma, holding this chariot wheel. So that's what Bhisma is describing. And for Bhishma this is ecstasy because he's a warrior and to be able to play with Krishna like this is um this is what he wanted. There are different rasas with Krishna. So then Sita Bhishika Hato. So Krishna was had been pierced by or struck by uh, sharp arrows. What we have to remember is that you know being a chariot driver was an extremely dangerous occupation for various reasons. I mean At the beginning of Kurukshetra, the Mahabharata, it's like before a soccer game or football game, you know, the team captains meet and agree on the rules. So before Kurukshetra, the generals, all the big, you know, the generals they met in the middle of the battlefield to agree on the rules. And one of the rules was you don't attack a chariot driver. And everyone followed this rule for about the first 45 seconds. And then they didn't. So there's actually three-way I mean there there's um there's various ways there's three ways that and just thinking about it, the chariot driver can be killed on a battlefield I'm just you know just thinking about it now one way is that someone on the other side just kills you and that happened a lot because if you despite you know, people weren't following the rules it was almost Kali yuga so chariot drivers sometimes and they're defenseless you know they're they're Because in a battlefield, you've got horses, maybe one, two horses, maybe four horses. And, um, you know, these are big military horses. These are powerful horses. And so you've got to control four horses. And you've got to, you know, stop very quickly. Because what if right in front of you is death or to the sides? So to control two or three or four horses on a battlefield where, you know, people are trying to kill the horses, a lot of horses were killed trying to kill you, trying to break your chariot and to move the chariot. And you're, you know, the warrior on your chariot is probably is just like screaming at you because otherwise, you know, how's anyone going to hear, how's he going to hear you? How are you going to hear him? He's like shouting, stop, or go to the right or go to the left or go back. And so everyone's shouting, there's like millions of people screaming. And there's the sound of the chariots and, and, and the conchels and bugles and, and the battle and just, you know, people are screaming because they're being killed. They're screaming because they're killing, you know, ah! and all that. And so, you know, it's, wow. I mean, that's a battlefield. And there are extremely graphic descriptions in the Bhagavatam and in the Mahabharata, these battlefields. And they're they're not a place for weak hearts. So, you know, here you are driving your chair. You're holding the reins, trying to control these powerful like fighting horses, and, you know, and and there's like thousands of people around you that are basically trying to kill you. So it's, uh, and then, of course, your chariot warrior is trying to protect you and also kill the others. So there's defense and offense. So there's, um, that's one way you can be killed. Another way is by friendly fire. Friendly fire means you're in a battle and, you know, because the people on your side are just shooting, firing away, you can be hit by a weapon from your own side. And that happens all the time. And that's called friendly fire. So people are killed. Actually, a lot of people are killed by their own people sometimes. Because, you know, it's like it's, it's you got your enemy in sight, you're firing an arrow, but as you're firing the arrow... Uh, suddenly someone on your side, you know, races across the scene and, and takes the arrow. Like they're intercepted passes in football, right? So, you know, that happens. So you can be killed by an enemy. You can be killed by friendly fire. You can be accidentally killed by an enemy. Let's say, for example, some, one of the enemy fighters is trying to kill your chariot fighter or someone else. And just as he's releasing his arrow, let's say someone pushes him or someone bumps into his chariot or someone hits him with an arrow. And so the arrow goes off. So you can be accidentally killed by the enemy. You can be accidentally killed by your own side and you can be intentionally killed by the enemy. So, and you can kill yourself. You know, you can, you know, maybe there's, it's a battle. There's like thousands or millions of people running around You can be driving your chariot and just drive it into, you know, an elephant or something and just have a high-speed collision. Or you can have – I mean, imagine chariots going, you know, high speed. You know, maybe they're going like 20, 25 miles an hour, and another chariot going like that, and they just crash into each other. So that's like, you know, impact, and there's all the ropes and the leather and and all the weapons, and it's just – I mean, it's a mess. It's unbelievable. So that's what it means to be a chariot driver. So therefore, that's what it said here. Krishna had been struck by sharp arrows. Shita means sharp and vishika means arrows. Shita vishikahato vishirna Dansha. Prabhupada says Dansha scattered shield. Uh, Dansha in the dictionary literally means the armor. So the shield, but it's... Like you know, they're wearing military armor. And uh Vishirna actually means uh broken, shattered. So Krishna's shield or his armor had been uh shattered or broken. And then uh Vishirna Dangsa, Dungsa generally means armor. Or in this case, Prabhupada translates in shield. So kshataja paripluta. And he was smeared with paripluta, kshataja. Kshataja means blood because kshata is an injury. And ja, like something that comes from an injury, born of an injury, which is blood. So Krishna is his armor. He's pierced by arrows. His armor has been broken. Uh, he's covered with blood. Christian is really in the battle and atatai no me so uh, so so uh, so Prasabang violently Prabhupada translated in an angry mood violently sasara again we had ayat again we have Abhi the same word Abhi which means at something or at someone it's A sasara he went after me he went at me he attacked me He went after me uh, to kill me. His purpose, you know, with the intention of killing me. Madhvada, which means uh, an artha, means for the purpose of Madhvada, of killing me. So, uh, and actually, it's interesting because actually, it says, uh, because atatayinome, which means of me, of the aggressor. So he was, Krishna was struck uh, by the sharp arrows, my sharp arrows. So here Bhisma is actually saying that I'm the one that struck Krishna with sharp arrows. I'm the one that broke his his armor. And so Krishna, so he's covered with blood from these arrows and he's, and he's going after the aggressor. So Bhishma said, I was the aggressor. He's going after me now. Prasabang, vi- and he violently, aggressively attacked me, madbarartam, to kill me. His purpose was to kill me. So sabhavatu may bhagavan, may that lord, sabhavavan, that lord, may that lord, uh, mukunda, be may, bhavatu, may he be my goal, my destination. So this is this is Bhijma's uh meditation. I'll do maybe one more verse today, and then if there's any questions, we'll see if there are any. So Bijaya Rata Kotumba. Uh Atatotre. So uh so uh Drittahaya Rashmi Tatrieksani Vagati Rati Rasume. Uh so kutumba can mean family. It, it often means family, but also because a family is very dear to someone, kutumba can mean like whatever is most dear to you, like a fan, like your family. So uh Vijayarata Kutumba. Uh and so here Prabhupada translates it that Arjun's chariot was an object of protection at all risk. Uh so Prabhupada in the verse says he was very careful to give protection to Arjuna's chariot. So Krishna took Arjun's chariot, which means Arjun too, Arjun and his chariot as Kutumba, that which most had to be, you know, he was he was Krishna was an ideal chariot driver who takes the safety of the uh, of the chariot fighter and the chariot as everything. So Atatotre, uh, he took a whip. He took up a whip and Drittahaya Rashmini. And and he was holding so he had a he had a whip and he had the reins of the horses. Haya Rashmini. So he had a whip and the reins of the horses and Tatshria uh ikshaniye. And with that beauty, uh he was um he was very beautiful. He was very beautiful to look upon. Because Krishna, remember he has this like a dark blue rain cloud, his body, his yellow clothes, he's got this red blood. You know, pastime he's just sort of you know, pretending. He has this blood from, from the wounds from Bhisma's weapons. He's got a whip and with reins in one hand and a whip in the other hand, and Bhisma's saying he's just, he's just beautiful. And so Bhagavati in that Lord, Rati Rastume, let my Rati, let my love again he says, Let my love, my attachment be unto that Lord. Uh, me who am mumurshur mumurshur I mean mumurshur means literally a one who who wishes to die and of course he probably translates it here one who's about to die it can also mean one about to die on the verge of dying but also but literally means from the desiderative form of the verb one who wishes or desires to die And we have to remember that Bijma has the boon given by his father Shantanu of um Chandam he can die whenever he wants. He can choose the moment of his death. And so because Bhijma now is just surrendering to Krishna, so uh so he literally is one who wants to die. He's, he's chosen this, he wants to die on the battlefield, uh fighting Krishna, which is his ecstatic meditation to 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 fight with Krishna. And so Yami Haniriksha sarupam. Uh, so let my love be for him uh, ge- here, here on the battlefield iha, niriksha, gazing upon whom Never is Krishna I want my love to be for the Lord gazing upon whom hata gata sarupam this very important verse all those who were killed hata gata they went swarupam to their swarupas so here Bhisma is saying that all the people there who, who, who were killed or died on that battlefield, gazing upon Krishna, which is not all the soldiers because some of them died. I mean, the battlefield was you know it, it went for miles, because if you if you have a battle with millions of soldiers, we're talking about mil- we're talking about miles of battlefield, and yet those who died gazing upon Krishna, hatha uh, gata, they went to their spiritual bodies, their sarupas. So, there's more to say about Bisma, but uh, for now, I'll end there. And let's see, are uh, there any questions? Thank you all for your encouraging comments. Let's see. Um, Uh, don't see any question marks yet. Maybe everyone's just having a good time and no questions. That's also good. Um, oh, here's a question from Leela Carr. Hi, Krishna. Um, As we go through our devotional careers, we may encounter false arguments, et cetera, literally and, or self-evidently destroy any positive momentum. Well, then you have to, we have to be intelligent of uh, the movement of Lord Shaitanya. I mean, if, if we are faked out by false arguments, we're just not, we're not paying enough attention. Uh, how can we develop an ideal attitude, the situation, Krishna consciousness, we have to chant nicely. We have to study seriously, hear from advanced devotees and, uh, not be fooled by nonsense, basically. Uh, Eduardo Guerrero, so I'll translate from the Spanish. Is there some relation between the Swadharma and Sanatan Dharma or uh, Surapa uh, Siddhi? Uh, I ask this because it, it would be difficult to imagine, for example, that a great and valiant warrior like Dev had an eternal relationship with Krishna, uh, very sort of mild, a very mild relationship. Uh, Surupasiddhi, of course, is is a perfection of our spiritual body. Sanatana dharma, or swadharma, in this world, swadharma refers to the dharma which is based on the body type we have. So that's the way Krishna, I mean, that's the way the word is generally used in the Bhagavatam or the Gita, Swakarma, which means Swadharma there. Um, that we all have a certain nature, you know, certain gender, age, uh, vocational aptitude or inclination. So we follow that. That's, that's the Swadharma. Tanantan Dharma means who we are eternally. Um, so are there, you know, are there, Can Bhishma eternally fight with Krishna if he wants? I mean, the the main point here is that Krishna satisfies his pure devotees. So if that's what Bhishma wants to do, then then it it could become his Sanatana Dharma, not only his uh, Swadharma. So Krishna Priya, since Bhishma worshiped Krishna in the mood of a warrior, where in the spiritual world would he reside, according to his Rasa? Yeah, it's sort of the same topic. The same topic we don't hear about, you know, fighting going on in the spiritual world. One option for Bijma would be to travel around with Krishna to various planets and universes and do this within this world uh, for the benefit of the fallen souls. So, uh, But I've never heard about uh, people fighting with Krishna in the spiritual world other than the Coward Boys. But, of course, that's just kind of little wrestling matches among friends. As far as this kind of serious fighting, I haven't heard about that in the spiritual world. So, uh, Gary Stevenson, Lord Krishna took on all this danger just out of love for his friend Arjuna. Our envious critics launch such offense towards Krishna. How do we tolerate and accept that? Well, we don't tolerate it. We leave Uh, a devotee, second class devotee worships the Lord, makes friendship with devotees, tries to help the innocent and, uh, Avoids the demonic, so we avoid people like that. Uh, let's see, oh, I see Anna Sophia there. Oh, there's uh, Miss Mogger's wife is there. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Let's see one more question. Should we try to follow the way of Bijma or avoid it? We should try to be ourselves. Uh, you know, if you by some coincidence, have a very similar nature to Bhishma, but then you know, there's no Christian to fight now. I mean, and also Bhishma, I mean, he's a pure devotee, but fighting for Duryodhana wasn't the greatest idea in the world. And uh, in fact, that's a problem, that Bhishma's fighting to the wrong side. So, um and even in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Prabhupada says that Bhishma and Drona lost their respectability as elders because they fought for the wrong side. So this is a very special case 5,000 years ago. Uh, in this age, in general, we don't engage in violence and certainly not against Krishna. It's just not the mood of this age. Someone is That's what someone really wants, then, you know, maybe some special arrangement be made somehow, some future. So, uh, Sankarshana, thank you very much for your exciting, well, I'm glad you liked it. How do we understand that some individuals in the battle attained liberation without cultivating an appropriate attitude? Well, that's not true. Anyone that attained their sarupa did cultivate an appropriate relationship at some point in their life. They may be appearing in a theatrical sense, you know, as warriors fighting against Krishna or the Pandavas, but... Anyone, there are no freebies, really. That's, uh, I tried to explain that in relation to the concept of a gap secret. There are no freebies because uh, Krishna, as he emphasizes over and over and over again, in the Bhagavad Gita is equal to everyone, fair to everyone. So if someone had uh, Hata if someone attained their spiritual body, they deserved it, even if they were playing a certain part in this leela. Free lunch liberation. Uh, no, actually, they didn't get a free lunch liberation. Oh, Ramadhirtha, does Bhishma regret his choice to fight on the losing side? Very interesting. I thought a lot about that. And uh, he doesn't express that in his prayers, interestingly, that I'm aware of. He doesn't say, oh, my God, I really made a big mistake. He he doesn't say that in his prayers. And, of course, when, when Bhishma starts his prayers, as I pointed out, the first first – The the Pandavas go there and Eudistir goes there and Eudistir feels bad. And so Bhisma, and he asks questions. So when Bhisma is on the bed of arrows and everyone comes to him, at the first stage, uh, Eudistir asks him questions and Bhisma gives Eudistir a course on, as I said, you know, social, sociology, political science, social science. But then Bhisma realizes that time. For him to leave is coming, the Uttarayana, as Krishna describes in chapter eight of the Gita. The sun has reached its lowest point, the, the, the winter solstice, and now it's about to start moving back toward the north, at least in the up in the in the in the northern hemisphere, not in the southern hemisphere. And so Bisma is preparing now to leave. So as he prepares to leave, he puts aside sort of all these earthly things. He doesn't want to talk about social science, political science. He just wants to fix his mind in Krishna. It's like, I'm done. I just want to fix my mind on Krishna. So in a sense, at that time, he is transcending whatever he was or did before. He's transcending all that because obviously, as a pure devotee, he was playing a part in this great theater. He was helping Krishna to exhibit all these pastimes. But now he's putting all that aside, and he just wants to fully fix his mind in Krishna with love and devotion and so, in that mood, he doesn't. There are no apologies. He doesn't say sorry. I fought on the wrong side. So, uh, so I think that's it. Thank you all for your comments. Thank you all for watching. And hopefully, we'll you know the Earth will still exist next Sunday, and we will still be here. And uh, oh, Natalie Santos, I didn't see any question. Oh, the just one question mark. Uh, can we have a balance between the science, the scientific facts we learned at the university and all the knowledge that we have from the Vedic books? Yes, of course we can. I wrote a, a paper called Understanding Prabhupada. It's at hdgoswami.com, and uh, please read that. And it talks a lot about how to adjust uh, sort of external facts for science and so on and what we read in the Shastra. So please read that essay, and if you have any further questions, uh, you can write to me. So thank you all. Thank you all for listening, and I hope we'll all be back together on Sunday. I hope you all are careful. Take care of yourselves and people around you. All right, Krishna.